Right, please turn again, if you've turned away, to Luke chapter 2, um, verse 41. And as we begin, let me pray. Our Father in heaven, please would you speak to us now through your word. Lord, let the questions that we have be answered just as we see uh, Jesus's questions were. Help us to have his posture, sitting under your word, listening, devouring it up. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the story that we uh, read uh, earlier is about the boy Jesus in the temple, and he stays behind. So you've got the Passover festival. Jesus and his family come. Jesus stays behind, and his parents... Spend the whole time looking for him, and then they eventually found him. One question uh, I want to ask today, I think the big question is, why, if you look at um, uh, verse 43, why did the boy Jesus stay behind in Jerusalem? Why did the boy Jesus stay behind in Jerusalem? And I think the answer that we'll see is it, it is to show that he is devoted to the Father in death and life. Devoted to the Father in death and life. Or in Jesus' words, didn't you know I had to be in my Father's house? In my Father's house. Or as the footnote says, um, about my Father's business. Both both work. Um, Jesus at his father's business, or vetomu cho nalejd, oh no, yeah, nalejd moyemu otsevi. Yeah, that's a longer sentence, that's a bit difficult. Um, and so we're going to take those two steps at a time. Uh, Jesus is devoted to the father in death, and then Jesus is devoted to the father in life. So those are two two sections. So let's look at the first then. Jesus is devoted to his father in death. Here we see Jesus at the Passover festival, missing for three days. Now, how would you answer the following question? How would you answer this? How old was Jesus when he went missing for three days at the Passover festival? How would, how would you answer that question? How old was Jesus when he went missing for three days at the Passover festival? There are two answers. 12 years old or 33-ish years old, around about 33. 12 years old or 33 years old. And I think here we, we, we see something. Jesus is pointing us to, to the reason he came. It is something to do with Passover. So Passover, what is the Passover festival? Well, early on in our Bibles, in, in, in the book of Exodus, the second book in the Bible, in chapter um, chapters 12 and 13, we have the people of Israel enslaved in Egypt. And God has done, well, nine plagues so far to try and free them. And then comes the last one. 
And remember, God gives instruction to Moses. He says, Moses, get a lamb, leave it in your house for a few days, and then kill it, sacrifice it, and the blood, put the blood on the door posts. You know, if this was the door, put some blood here, along the top, and down again. Put the door, put the blood of the lamb on the door. And then, you, you know, many of you know what happens next. Night comes, and the angel of death comes across all of Egypt. And the Egyptian firstborn sons are killed. But what happens to the Israelite firstborn sons? Ah, they're not killed. They are passed over. They're passed over. They, they do not die. Why? Because their doors were covered with the blood of the lamb. Because the lamb had died in their place, the firstborn son did not have to die. And then what does John the Baptist tell us? What does John the Baptist tell us later on? Well, actually, in, in, the, book of, in the Gospel of John. He sees Jesus. He says, ah, look. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Now, I think many, many of us as Christians, we get very used to that. And so it's, it's not, that, that should be absolutely astounding. Let me tell you a story. Um, in the church that me and Swanee were in before we came to Inverness, we were, we were doing a youth group and they were going through the book of Exodus. And we had, there was one, there was one, one lad and, uh, you know, grown up in church, heard the Bible stories. And we were going through, and we'd, we'd kind of going through step by step in that book of Exodus. And we realized, um, and so, we, got, and so we, we kind of got to the end of Exodus, and we said, right, okay, so, so what do we see? We see that the lamb died instead of the people. The lamb died instead of the son, right? That's great. And we said, now, does that remind you of anything? And there's that kind of a moment of blank expression, thinking, the lamb died for us? And then... The light bulb clicked, and he was like, oh my days, Jesus is the lamb, Jesus is the lamb, you know, and then, then basically the, the whole Bible study was ruined after that, because he was just too excited, because he'd finally clicked, Jesus is the lamb, Jesus takes the sin, so it's, I should have died, but Jesus is the lamb, Jesus takes my sin, wow, and it was, it was one of my favorite moments ever in any kind of Bible study because you had that moment. As Christians, we talk about Jesus being the Lamb of God all the time. But here, this guy, he got it for the first time. Jesus is the Lamb. Wow. Oh, uh, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And so here we see why. Why then? Why did Jesus stay behind in Jerusalem? Because he's pointing forward to the Passover festival when he as the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. Where we don't have to stand before God guilty, where that punishment, where we should die, and that punishment passes from us to Jesus, the sacrificial Lamb. And so, why then? Why was Jesus left, or what's rather, why did Jesus stay himself behind in Jerusalem? Why was he missing for three days? To show us that he is devoted to his father in death. 
He is devoted to his father by dying in the place of sinners. Jesus is giving a a trailer, a preview, if you like, that he is the Passover lamb who dies for us, who takes away the sins of the world. So that's that's the first thing we see, that Jesus is devoted to his father in death by dying in the place of sinners. And the second thing we see, Jesus is devoted to the Father in his life, in his life, specifically his his life of obedience. Look at verses um, 48 and 49. Mary and Joseph, they've been missing their son for at least three days. They're they're absolutely at their wit's end. Finally, they see him and Mary, his mother, says to Jesus, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. What does Jesus say? Why were you searching for me? Why were you searching for me? Why should Joseph and Mary not have searched for Jesus? That's the question. Why should they not have searched for Jesus? It's interesting. It also echoes the end of Luke's gospel. When at the tomb, the empty tomb, the angels say, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why why do you search for Jesus? Why should they not have been looking? It seems the implication is that we're looking in the wrong places. Because for Mary and Joseph, the temple is the first place they should have looked. The temple is the first place they should have looked. Because Jesus was where he was supposed to be. Why? Jesus is devoted to his father in his life. He is in his father's house. He is at his father's business, he is vtomu cho nalejt moyemu otsevi. Jesus is lent to the Lord in the temple, a little bit like Samuel. Do you remember the very the first chapter of Samuel? Samuel is born. Now, do you remember that story? There's lots of parallels with the beginning of Luke and the beginning of Samuel. We have Hannah, who remember she's barren, she can't give birth. But then what happens? There is, if you like, a miracle birth. It's it's not a virgin birth, but someone, but Hannah goes from being barren to able to have children, and she gives birth to Samuel, who is then, if you like, a miracle baby. Not as quite as miraculous as Jesus, but still miracle baby. And then what happens? After he's weaned, Hannah gives him to the Lord. It says in 1 Samuel 1, 28, Hannah's speaking and she says, so now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he shall be given over to the Lord. We see effectively that in the same way that Hannah devoted Samuel to the Lord's service, leaving him in the temple to have a life of obedience devoted to the Lord's service. We see that in Jesus as well. As one left at the temple, he's devoted to the Lord's service, devoted to God. 
This is all the more impressive because how old was Jesus? How old was Jesus? Twelve. Yeah, he was twelve. Now, this is one year, according to kind of Jewish tradition, one year before a boy becomes responsible for their own religious commitments. So you'll have heard of the bar mitzvah. Yeah, the bar mitzvah. This is one year before that. So this is before Jesus technically has to, you know, take responsibility for himself and his relationship to God. But no, but Jesus does it before because he shows that he is taking the law seriously. Jesus is showing that before he technically needs to, he is devoting himself to a life of obedience to the Lord. We also see Jesus' obedience in a second place. Look in verse 51. After this whole episode, he went down to Nazareth with them. And what does it say? He was obedient. He was obedient to them. I think this also explains why Jesus isn't being really rude and disobedient in this passage. I I assume I'm probably not the only one who read this and thought, Jesus sounds a little rude there. I don't think he is being rude. I think you see why partly because uh, the passage is emphasizing his obedience, not his disobedience. And it also, as we see, that Jesus has a different father to obey. Not that he disobeys Joseph, but he has got a different father with a higher calling on his life. This sermon was possibly called, Who's Your Daddy? I thought of calling this sermon, Who is Your Daddy? Why? Well, look at the little interplay in verses 48 and 49. Mary says, Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. What does Jesus say? Why are you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Ah, Which father are we talking about? Your father, says Mary, talking about Joseph. My father, says Jesus, talking about God the Father. And see what it says in verse 50? They did not understand what he was saying to them. Luke is highlighting that this is important and that Mary and Joseph did not get it at the time. Who Jesus' father is determines what he's going to do. And Christ is concerned for his heavenly father's house. It is his father that he will obey. Jesus stayed behind because he's got a different priority. He needs to show devotion to his father in an obedient life. Jesus is living a life of obedience. And so let's just quickly recap then. We have Jesus devoted to the Father in death because it is a preview how he is the Passover lamb who will take away the sins of the world. We then also see that Jesus is devoted to his Father in life, lent to the Lord, devoted to the Lord like Samuel for a life of obedience. And so now let's try and apply these two things for us today as we we draw towards the end of the sermon. Do you ever feel like Christianity is just a list of rules to follow? Sure, we know that you know we're saved by grace, but we still feel like, oh, I should be, I should do better. I need to keep on doing better. Or maybe, maybe, right, maybe you think you've kept these rules. Maybe you think you're doing pretty well, and you can give yourself a pat on the back. But maybe you're a bit closer to the truth, and you know that really. 
you're nowhere near at all. And actually, you don't like to think about it because if you were to think about your your relationship to God, it'd be one that is characterized by guilt and shame and defeat to sin. Well, for all who listen, it is good news that Jesus is devoted to the Father both in death and in life. It is good news that Jesus is devoted to the Father in death because he has taken the punishment for all your failings, for all your sins, and for all your shortcomings. There is no condemnation. The last thing that you should expect from God is furrowed eyebrows and a stern face. Why? Because Jesus was devoted to his father in death. And so the sort of response that you should have is like that teenager from London. Jesus is the lamb. Jesus is the lamb. It should thrill your soul that there is no condemnation for you because Jesus, the lamb, has taken all your sins. And then it is good news for you that Jesus is devoted to the Father in life because he lived the perfect life we couldn't and cannot live. Where we failed, he obeyed. He succeeded. Let me try and illustrate this a little bit. Many people, I imagine, are counting their pennies this Christmas. Uh, For various reasons, maybe you've splashed out a bit at Christmas time. Maybe the cost of living crisis is getting a bit too uh, tight. Many people long for a little bit of credit in their bank account. Jesus' obedient life is the credit to our spiritual bank account. His obedient life is the credit to our spiritual bank account. We have nothing to contribute but debt. More debt and more debt again. But Jesus has nothing to contribute but credit. Obedience to the Father. And that is credited to you. So this is why it is good news that Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. He teaches us something about himself. He teaches us that he is the Passover lamb who in a few decades time will go missing again at Passover for us, for our sins. And he teaches us that his life is one consecrated, devoted to the Lord for obedience. Obedience to the Father in our place. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he was devoted to you in death, taking our sin like the lamb. And that he was devoted to you in life, living that obedient life where we haven't and cannot. Lord, please, please give us that 
fresh sight of Christ, the obedient Lamb of God. Help us to say like that, that guy a few years ago, Jesus is the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb. Lord, restore to us the joy of your salvation. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.